Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Da 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 Jesse Trip, episode 28 Self Soothing Methods to Nurture Your Inner Calm. So, this is going to be an amazing episode because these are things I want to remind myself to do too. Self soothing is how we comfort ourselves, how we validate ourselves. And it's important we know these things so we're not looking outside of ourselves to others to give us what we need to answer our our cravings for attention. Self-soothing helps us be really great at self-care. So we're going to talk about self-soothing, what it is, some methods for self-soothing, and then we're going to close it out with comparing self-soothing to an orange, which will be a really fun thing to walk through. So keep listening, and it's going to be a great episode. Welcome to Raw with Jesse Treff, the podcast where we dive deep into real, authentic conversations about our worth as human beings. I'm your host, Jesse Treff, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this raw and transformative journey. As an experienced massage therapist of 18 years, I've witnessed the incredible power of touch and how it intertwines with our overall well-being. But my passion for helping others doesn't stop just there. As a health and wellness coach, I'm also dedicated to guiding you towards a life of balance, self-compassion, and self-discovery. In this podcast, Raw, we'll embark on a quest to explore the essence of our human worth, challenging the norms and expectations that often hold us back. So if you're ready to break free from the confines of external validation and embark on a journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-worth, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to Raw with Jesse Truff. Let's explore our true worth together. Da-da-da-da-da, Jesse Truff. Okay, beautiful people. Welcome to episode 28, Self-Soothing to Nurture Your Inner Calm. So this episode is dedicated to exploring different methods of self-soothing to help you understand maybe what you can try, what things you may like, what things speak to you. And we're going to go through quite a few different options for comforting yourself, for making yourself feel special and seen and important and comforted. So it's important that we understand the importance of self-soothing because it is part of our self-care practice. Our self-care practice entails a lot of different, it holds has a lot of different pillars, but one of the pillars to our self-care practice is self-soothing. And it's a way that we nurture ourselves and comfort ourselves during challenging times or heightened emotions or lonely experiences, hard life experiences, or even just a bad day or a disappointing event. And everyone deals with self-soothing or those events I mentioned just now. Everyone deals with things differently. And everyone's self-care journey is different. It's unique to the person, what their needs are, what they like, what makes them feel taken care of. So everyone's 
way of self-soothing is unique. It's going to be different. And it's essential to figure out what self-soothing techniques resonate with you and also to really respect other people when they tell you or they show you that they're self-soothing in some specific way. Maybe they won't even show you or tell you. Maybe you just notice that when someone is upset, they go and they just lay down alone for a while. Maybe that's their way of self-soothing. Maybe that's the way that they feel like they're taking care of themselves. They're giving themselves rest. So not seeing that, and this is just an example. So not seeing that as, oh, they're leaving me or they're leaving me alone. Oh, they don't want to talk. Sometimes we take things personally. So understanding and respecting that each individual's self-soothing journey and what they do to take care of themselves is different and to allow that to be on their paper. And your self-soothing and self-care journey is on your paper. And it's important for you to hold your paper in your hands, to really see what it is that's written on your paper of how to make yourself feel seen, how to make yourself feel Uh, validated and comforted and nourished. It's all on your paper, but you have to look at your paper and you have to read it. It's the same thing that I like to say sometimes about shining your bubble. You know, what is it that you need to shine your bubble? So let's move into the content. So first of all, we're going to talk about understanding self-soothing, what self-soothing is. And we kind of went into it a little bit, like defining self-soothing would be that it is Self-soothing is methods that a person uses for their themselves to comfort or validate or nourish in difficult times or in difficult situations. So self-soothing is something that calms down your own nervous system. It decreases your own adrenaline and cortisol hormones. It helps you feel calmer and more centered and more present. That's what self-soothing is. It is those methods that you do, the process of using those methods to calm yourself. And it is hugely important. It is massively significant in your ability to manage stress and to hear your emotions and listen to and process your emotions. It is essential to know how to self-soothe in order to manage your stress and feel and process and move through your emotions. So just if we move that around and we say, we don't know how to self-soothe, if we don't know how to soothe our raging moods or disappointed feelings or our negative emotions, if we don't know how to soothe ourselves, we in turn don't know how to manage or decrease our own stress. And we don't understand how to move through negative or difficult emotions. We don't have the capacity if we don't know what to do to soothe ourselves. So it is hugely significant and important to understand how to self-soothe in order to manage your stress and emotions. And there's also a connection between self-soothing and how it affects how your body feels, 
your overall well-being it has a big mind-body connection because when we get stressed or when we're having a difficult situation a lot of it is in our mind like we're stuck in our mind and we'll go through these difficult things and if we aren't able to move through them we'll start to feel stress in our body we'll clench up our our traps or we'll get a stomach ache or our back will start to hurt so when we seen self-soothe sometimes we can really nourish that mind-body connection if we start to get stressed and we self-soothe and we take a bath or we do one of the other methods that we're going to talk about in a minute and we stop it in its tracks and we don't let that stress get out of control we're able to diffuse it before it comes out in our body so there is a mind-body connection with the need to self-soothe and as we learn about our individual self-soothing methods, as we really can define what we do to self-soothe, we become so much more powerful and balanced and resilient and able to tackle challenges because we know, okay, when I get overwhelmed, this is the method that works for me. I know exactly what to do. This makes me feel calm. And if it doesn't work for some crazy reason, I can go to this other thing that I know is another self-soothing technique of mine that helps me feel calm. It nurtures my inner self. It helps me to tone down and center. So it really builds our resilience and our power and our our happiness because we're not on such a roller coaster of up and down because we know how to take care of ourselves. So that is kind of understanding what self-soothing is and why it's important to really understand what our self-soothing methods are and the effect it has on our life. So let's move on to the fun part, which is the methods for self-soothing. And I could definitely talk about every single one of these methods for who knows how long, a whole podcast episode at least. So I'm going to keep them simple just to have them be like little gems of thought to think about, is this something that triggers my thought process to be like, oh, I want to try that. Oh, that sounds so nice. Oh my gosh, I wish I did that more. Oh, I love that. That makes me feel so... uh, relaxed, anything that you have some kind of reaction to, or even a curiosity like, oh, I've always thought about that. Oh, I've always wondered about that. That may mean that that is one of the one of the methods that is at the top of your list that you may want to write down on your paper, right? <laughs> All right, so let's get into these methods. We have one, two, three, four, five, six methods that we're going to talk about. The number one method is breathing techniques. Now, breathing techniques really induce calmness and clear thought. And I've talked about breathing techniques in this podcast before, so you may already have some ideas. But my favorite breathing techniques are, number one, laying on the floor and doing diaphragm breathing like really breathing into your belly, like pushing it up and out, especially in the top part of your belly, and then breathing out. And I'm gonna keep these so simple because honestly, any breathing is gonna help. So laying on the floor and doing big belly breathing or 
sitting like in somersault style and taking one hand and bringing it up to your nose and the only fingers that you have out are your pinky and ring finger and your thumb so your pointer and middle finger are down so it's kind of like almost like the hang loose sign like hey, hang loose and then you use that and you put your ring finger on your left nostril and i'm doing it right now so i might sound a little funny so you, then you breathe in and then you take your thumb and you put it on your right nostril and take your rig finger off your left nostril and you breathe out and then you breathe in and you put your ring finger on your left nostril and take your thumb off your right nostril and you breathe out and then you just keep repeating that it's alternate nostril breathing and this has been something that I love doing 10 rounds of that in the morning it makes me feel so calm so grounded so authentic in what I'm doing so present I love alternate nostril breathing so there's so many different breathing techniques. There's the deep breathing, there's box breathing, there's the diaphragm breathing, there's the alternate nostril breathing, and there's even like this breathing that I want to try that's on the Da Vinci Code series, The Lost Symbol or something, and the guy's breathing like, and he can do all these like crazy things with his body because he's breathing like that. That is on my list to try. <laughs> um, and I And there's so many studies and so much science that backs up the effectiveness of breath work on the nervous system, on stress levels, on the mind functions, on our performance. So this is science-backed and evidence-based that breathing techniques really do help to soothe the nervous system. So that is the number one method for self-soothing. Number two method is mindfulness and meditation practices. So both of these explore being present in the moment and being present in our bodies and forgetting the past, forgetting the future, living only where you are right now and really being grateful for that moment and tuning in. And it's not as easy as you would think to really do this. That's why it's great to start with just like two or three minutes of meditation or five minutes and then working your way up to 10 because it's hard to sit there for a long time sometimes. And there, there's a little bit of a difference between mindfulness and meditation. So many similarities, but if I was to tell you the difference between mindfulness and meditation, I would say that meditation focuses on a mind-body connection or spirituality, or a higher power, or your breath. There's so many different things that meditation will focus on. And I feel like mindfulness, oftentimes a mindfulness meditation, because mindfulness is meditation, but a mindfulness meditation will walk you through the same sequence. They'll walk you through getting in touch with your body, starting with your feet, moving up, and bringing you into the present moment in your body. So I feel like, and I could be wrong, but this is just in my experience, I feel like that has been a lot of what mindfulness is. It's getting you to be more present in your body. So it doesn't incorporate, in my experience, as much of the 
energetic and spiritual aspect as sometimes meditation can. So there's so many different techniques, uh, the body scan from mindfulness or loving kindness meditation and guided visualization. So those are just like an encompassing um, variety of these different practices. And the thing with mindfulness and meditation, like I said, starting small and moving up, but also being consistent, like really practicing it either every morning or any evening or like being consistent really has a huge impact on life. But I will say, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit with this mindfulness and meditation, I can tell, but well, we're unscripted, right? I get to kind of like jump around however I want. And you're still, are you still listening? Are you still here? You're still here? Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks for jumping around with me. So with the mindfulness and meditation, I believe that if there is something going on and you're stressed and you need self-soothing, you can do a random meditation for half an hour and it's going to help you self-soothe. You don't need to be doing it consistently. So I kind of take back what I was sort of saying before. I don't believe you need to be doing it consistently. You can jump in when you really need it, put in your headphones, find a 30-minute meditation, and just like shut it down. And I, I, I will do that, and I find comfort in that. Now, the difference with a regular mindfulness or meditation practice, in my experience, is that it continues my upward momentum for happiness, clarity, joy. So as you're consistent, as you become more consistent with one of these practices, it's an upward trajectory. But I do believe that as a self-soothing method, you can jump into a meditation even if you haven't been practicing it and it's going to have a self-soothing effect. All right. So that's the second self-soothing method. The third one is nature. So there, nature has like a lot of power to help us feel grounded and comforted and soothed. And this is scientifically proven. We don't even need to know the science behind it. But spending time in nature gives us like pure oxygen and even like just all the green and the colors. And if we get to see animals or any kind of creatures, they're comforting. Uh, the joy that we find in looking at the sky, they're, it's, it's profound. There, no words cannot express how uh, invigorating and comforting and wow, wowing nature is. We can experience nature by just going outside and wiggling our hands, toes in the in the grass, or we can go on nature walks. We can go on a walk and just have the intention that we're going to notice nature while we're out there. Maybe pick out like three different things you really loved. Grounding exercises like you know, standing on the ground and not just wiggling your toes, but really imagining the soil pulling out any negative thoughts or pulling out stress. And, you know, Mother Nature, uh, take my stress uh, from me. The There's all these, like, studies of frequencies and vibrations of the earth and the Schumann residence and and all of this that that really shows that the earth has has so much vibration so much power so much potential to like take the negative things from us so we just need to set that intention and then there are also like different uh, herbal teas that's using the earth or 
just a, like smelling outside what the air smells like or even with nature I feel like we can even include our pets in this we can even include our cat or dog or whatever pet it is that snuggles with us that we can pet they really have the ability to soothe us to make us feel comfortable and so then we have for our fourth method expressive arts and creativity so this can be anything from dancing or chalk murals or painting drawing music um designing video games i'm trying to think of some cooking so the role of creativity in self-soothing and emotional expression is huge so when we express our emotions or when we dig into the depths of our soul in order to express something creatively and artistically it's so soothing it's so invigorating and centering and grounding so exploring different ways to express yourself through art journaling painting music sound movement that's all really soothing so that is a huge um, method for self-soothing it can even be putting music on when you're doing some chores around the house or something so that you feel good in your body while you're moving so i encourage you to uh, if you've never really ex- like ex- experimented artistically or you've been intimidated or you think oh what i make isn't gonna look good honestly it doesn't matter if it looks good or not. That's just a judgment. It's just you judging yourself or you being afraid of other people's judgment. It doesn't stinking matter if it looks good or not. The value of art oftentimes is just the process of creating something, of getting something from inside of you out. So like taking paint and putting it on something because it felt good. So it doesn't matter if it looks good or not. I would encourage you to find some kind of creativity or expression artistically or musically or movement-wise to bring whatever is inside outside. So that's the fourth method. And the fifth method is, sorry, I had to move around a little bit. I actually had my recorder um, battery die on me today. So... That's why I brought up the animals with the nature because like I had actually recorded about our pets, but then I realized my recorder like died, which is so weird because that's never happened before. So then I was like, I can't go off on the animal tangent. I'm just going to have to like move on to the next method. But so now I'm like kind of peeking at it and I'm like, please don't die on me. So I did not come in like super prepared in that sense today, but I came prepared in other sense. So I guess like it's just whatever. You can't have everything, right? So the fifth method that we're going to talk about today is aromatherapy and sensory soothing. And let me tell you, I have found that this is a huge method for me. I used to look past scents and aromatherapy and all of that. I used to look past it and be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But since I have started using resin incense, I have noticed that it centers me, inspires me, soothes me, comforts me, makes me feel magical using this resin, particularly resin incense, not the sticks. It's actually like you light this brick of charcoal and then put this resin incense on there. Since I started using that, I had a beautiful experience with it where like, and and since then, I just have really loved that resin incense. And it's kind of funny. I usually at some point during my podcast, like Steve will go work out. Like when I do my podcast, 
and then I'm home by myself. But I can hear, he just got home and I'm, I'm going to finish this podcast. But if you hear any like weird sounds in the background, he's like singing to, to his headphones. So I'm just going to keep recording, but it's just really endearing. So anyway, um, the method of aromatherapy and sensory soothing I found was a big method for me. So you never really know, like try everything, right? So aromatherapy is primarily used as essential oils. And essential oils are made by plants or flowers or natural elements, pine trees, whatever. They're compressed and then the oil from that plant is extracted. And it's super potent and it smells amazing and it even goes through the blood-brain barrier, which is actually like a lot of things you smell or use at smell. Let's stick with smell. A lot of things you smell don't really go through this blood brain barrier. They don't actually get into your brain, affecting your brain cells and different chemical reactions in your brain. But essential oils actually do. Why? I can't exactly tell you right now, but I believe it's because their molecules are so small. But I don't really remember exactly the reason. But aromatherapy really is effective for medical conditions, depression. It can be used medicinally. Now, disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. But aromatherapy is amazing. One of my favorites is blue tansy and also clary sage. I love blue tansy and clary sage. But there are so many. And a lot of it is experimentation and finding out which ones really instill a feeling for you that you love. And I'm not even going to describe what that feeling is. Like just finding an oil, oftentimes that'll be some kind of blend. Uh, and finding an oil that has like aromatherapy oil that gives you this feeling that you just really love. And the best way I like to use aromatherapy is to kind of like drop like two or one or two or three drops on my palm, rub my hands together like really fast, and then just put my palms in front of my face and like smell. I don't even have an oil on my hands right now, but just like pretending to do it feels so good. <laughs> so that's how I use like to use essential oils. And I actually started putting lavender, rosemary, and peppermint in a spray bottle with water. And I spray it on my patio because I'm trying to keep the lizards from wanting to come on my patio. So I spray this solution and it kind of keeps them away. And then everything like smells so good and fresh and like energetic. I love it. I love essential oils. I love them. I love them. So anyway, um, and then there's also the resin incense and there is where you can use essential oils in bath salts or in lotions. You can make your own things. You can have a lotion you really love. I've had chapstick that I just really love the smell. Who knows if it's really natural or not, but just having smells around you that you really love. Maybe you smell a, you cook a meal for your family or you have somebody cooks a meal and it smells so good and it just like makes you feel like so cozy inside like the smell of fresh bread or the smell of coffee in the morning I include all those things in aromatherapy and sensory soothing you smell a bar of dark chocolate and it smells so good you take a bite of a cookie and you smell the cookie and it smells so good you smell the grass outside you smell your pet that you love you love you smell your lover you smell all, all of these different smells scents have a huge impact on our mood and on our emotions. And a lot of different scents can bring back 
Yeah, okay, negative too, but a lot of positive memories and soothing feelings from our life, like aromatherapy, sensory, sensory stimulation, all of that is super powerful for helping us feel soothed. And another, <laughs> this is also cool because sensory stimulation or sensory soothing, that's the better word. Um, when I talked about this up until now, I have really been focusing on just smells, but we do have other senses. We have taste and sight and hearing and touch. So finishing up this method of aromatherapy and sensory soothing, it's not only smells. It's also those four other senses. So with taste, all the things I said mentioned like to smell, like the cookies and the chocolate or the delicious meal, eating those things and tasting those things can be really comforting. Of course, we need to be careful that we're not emotionally eating and things like that or you know, drinking, becoming an alcoholic because it's soothing for us. You know, we all know that there are boundaries and limits with that. But tasting things that make us feel so good is a super powerful soothing method. And then we have sight. What about going to the museum and looking at inspirational artwork or looking at a picture of somebody that you love? That's visual stimulation or watching a movie or looking at a mantra painting or something like that. And then there's hearing, listening to music, listening to the birds, listening to your own breathing or your own heartbeat, or listening to white noise or binaural beats that I've talked about before. And then there's touch, which can be giving yourself a massage or feeling the water on your skin as you go for a swim or take a bath, or using a weighted blanket when you sleep is known to be really soothing. And using any of our senses and finding how they can soothe us. There's also like those like stress balls or like those fidget spinners. Sometimes people will find uh, that those kind of hand movements will be really soothing when they're feeling stressed or like the environment is really busy or overwhelming. So that is another method. Now we're on to method number six. This is our last self-soothing method. You have a lot of ideas already, I'm sure. So the last self-soothing method for today is movement and body-based soothing. So with self-soothing, a lot of times if you're anything like me, you can get stuck in your head. You can get stuck in thinking that you are like your mind. Sometimes I forget that I'm also my body and that's been something that I've been working on for a very long time. So Let's all remember that when we do self-soothing, that it includes movement and body-based soothing. So we can do yoga, tai chi, we can dance, we can sit and like feel our body, uh, and we can work out, we can exercise for stress relief. Those things are also major ways for self-soothing. The, 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 when we move our bodies, we are, our body is releasing different hormones, different chemicals. And oftentimes, these hormones and chemicals relieve stress 
or they make us feel good, like endorphins, oxytocin. They make us feel good. And when we exercise, our body will release chemicals like these. Also, when we exercise, we often sweat and we can sweat out toxins or different hormones that may have built up in our body. We can sweat them out and it gets our digestion going, which then can work on maybe the food that needs to be digested in our stomach so that we can move it through our system. So it keeps our metabolism working better. So when we exercise, it helps our body function better. So not only does it help us manage stress because we're, you know, taking care of our body, moving, secreting hormones and chemicals, but it also keeps our body functioning in a really pristine way. So those are our those are our six methods for self-soothing. I hope you kind of found some really good ideas. Let me just remind you that when it comes to self-soothing, it's really important to be compassionate towards yourself and supportive because it's a discovery process. Self-care leads to self-discovery. So as you're learning what you need to self-soothe, you're really learning about yourself and you're not gonna be able to figure it out all in one day, all at one time. It takes time to really try all of these different things out and see which ones really work for you. So be compassionate with yourself, be gentle, be patient as you're discovering what works. And also be kind to yourself, not just compassionate, but also kind. Um, a lot of times we start talking negative to ourselves when we think we're not doing something right or we think something's not working or we're not trying hard enough or we haven't figured it out yet. Stop negative talk and turn it into something positive. Really be kind to yourself. You know, if you're trying to meditate and you just can't do it, oh, I can never meditate. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. No, stop there and turn it around and be like, I'm doing the best I can with this. I'm trying this. Wow, I'm so proud of myself for trying something new. So keep the negative self-talk away and be kind to yourself. And know that as you are learning how to self-soothe, or learning how to self-soothe even more or even better, you are becoming more resilient. You are empowering yourself. You are becoming more powerful. You're on this upward trajectory of finding like the most joyful life. So in closing, um, I would like to recap what these methods were. We had uh, breathing techniques, mindfulness and meditation practices, nature, expressive arts and creativity, aromatherapy and all senses soothing, and movement and body-based soothing, like exercise. So those are the different methods. And there's numerous ones inside of each of those. So I don't know if you took notes, but it might have actually been a good idea. <laughs> and uh, I encourage you to experiment with as many as you can. And Notice which ones really make you feel comforted. If you have a journal practice, I would suggest, you know, having a little corner of every page that you write about your self-soothing practice. You know, what did you try that day to take care of yourself, to make yourself feel good, to make to feel less stressed? What did you try that day? Did it work? How did it make you feel? Did it make you feel better? Did it make you feel worse? Did you really like it? What are some ideas that you could try? like to build on one that you liked. 
really treat self-soothing as something to discover about yourself. You're learning about yourself, what you like. And like I said in the beginning, everyone's self-soothing practice and self-care practice is completely unique and completely different because we are all different. And understanding that discovering what it is that we want and need and what works for us, it's a journey. It's a continual ongoing journey of self-discovery and nurturing. We are always learning about ourselves and what we need may also change. So it goes back to how you talk to yourself. As you are understanding what your self-care and self-soothing journey looks like, are you talking good to yourself? Are you being kind to yourself? Anytime negative, discouraging, or judgy thoughts come in, stop just They come in and that's okay. That's natural. Our mind is going to do that. But just don't give them the attention. Choose to pay attention to something else. So now I am going to walk us through a fun little, this is already written. So I'm just going to read it and it's going to walk us through how self-soothing is like an orange. And I'm just going to read it with no comments to help us maybe imagine what our self-soothing practice can look like, why it works, what ways it really speaks to our body and our mind and our spirit. So let's just, let's just do it. So we're going to compare self-soothing to an orange and it's going to help us illustrate its essence and benefits. The external layer of the orange represents protection and safety. Just like an orange's thick peel protects the juicy fruit inside, self-soothing acts as a protective layer for our emotional well-being. When we encounter stressful or challenging situations, engaging in self-soothing practices creates a buffer, shielding us from overwhelming emotions and helping us feel safe. There's also a juicy core, which represents our emotions and our vulnerability. Beneath the orange's protective peel lies the juicy core. Similarly, self-soothing helps us access and process our emotions, especially during vulnerable moments. It allows us to explore our feelings, acknowledge them without judgment, and find comfort in understanding ourselves better. Balancing flavors represent regulating our emotions. Just as an orange's flavors are a balance of sweetness and tartness, self-soothing helps us find emotional balance. It assists in regulating our emotions so we don't feel overwhelmed by negative feelings or overly detached from positive ones. Refreshing and nourishing oranges represent our relaxation and well-being. An orange's juice is refreshing and nourishing, providing a burst of vitality. Similarly, self-soothing practices such as deep breathing, meditation, or spending time in nature offer relaxation and nourishment for our well-being, reinvigorating our minds and bodies. Oranges are a sensory experience, and that represents engaging our senses in self-soothing. When eating an orange, we engage our senses through its vibrant color, citrusy aroma, and juicy taste. Self-soothing involves engaging our senses too as we might use sensory tools like stress balls, calming scents, or soothing music to ground ourselves and find comfort. And lastly, an orange is holistic and wholesome. 
and this represents our overall well-being. An orange is a wholesome fruit, nourishing our bodies with essential nutrients. Similarly, self-soothing promotes holistic well-being, nourishing our minds, emotions, and bodies, leading to a sense of wholeness and harmony in our lives. It's good for us. In essence, self-soothing is a process that allows us to tap into our inner resources to find comfort, regulate emotions, and promote overall well-being. Like peeling an orange to reveal its juicy core, self-soothing helps us peel back layers of stress and tension, revealing a deeper connection to ourselves and our emotions. Through self-soothing practices, we can nurture and care for ourselves, fostering resilience and emotional balance in our daily lives. That was fun. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Thank you for opening your mind and your heart to potential ways to soothe yourself, to add different methods to your self-soothing and self-care practice. Uh, As I said, I encourage you to try as many of these things as you can and to practice self-soothing regularly, even when you don't think you need it. I would love to hear of your favorite self-soothing method or experience, something that you tried or you do regularly or you did once and it was amazing. What do you like to do? What do you find works for your self-soothing practice? And as always, I really look forward to talking to you next week. I love these podcasts and I uh, am grateful to show up here with you on Jesse Treff's Raw, real authentic conversations about our worth as human beings. Have a great week. I'll talk to you later. Ciao.